Welcome to Big Time Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, How's it going? All right. We're back with another division preview this week. We're going to talk about the NBA Southeast Division. Uh, it's a pretty up-and-coming division in the Eastern Conference. So uh, we'll just start out with a fantasy preview for each of the teams, and then we'll just get into, I guess, our projected standings for the teams in this division. So um, I guess, uh, Mete, let me just start with you. We'll start with the Atlanta Hawks. I guess just talk about each player. It's going to be fantasy relevant for them this season. Yeah, so fantasy relevant for the Hawks, number one, it's got to be Trey Young, obviously. He's one of the best playmakers in the league right now. He's got a very similar play style to Steph Curry where he, uh, he takes a lot of deep-range threes and he's a really good uh, passer. But he led the league in turnovers, I think, or he was top five, so he averaged like 4.1 or something. So he's got to cut down on the turnovers, but he's only 23 right now, so he's got great upside. Second guy, Bogdan Bogdanovic, he came into his own at the end of last season when he won the starting role at the uh, end of part of last season. And then he's just a great spot up shooter. He's got the ability to create his own shot when they need him to. And yeah, he won't give you amazing versatility for uh, stats wise in fantasy, but he's really good for points, field goal percentage, threes and steals. And then DeAndre Hunter, uh, he had a very injury-riddled season last year, but like Bogdanovich, he was a very efficient uh, spot-up shooter. He had great uh, percentages, and he was a starter bef- before he got hurt. So I'm projecting if he's back by the start of the season, he should be a starter again. And he's only 23 right now, so he's still got great upside. And then John Collins, fourth. Uh, another really efficient player for the Hawks. He has shooting ability as well. Uh, and he had very good category coverage outside of assists for eight categories. He was really solid. So Clint Capella, fifth. He's a double-double machine for Atlanta. He became one of the best shot bloggers in the league, I think. This year, he had uh, amazing blocks. He had 10 in one game, I think, this season. So yeah, he's got great shot blocking ability. And he's very good at category coverage for all the categories except for threes and assists. So, yeah, really solid player. Danilo Gallinari is the sixth player on this team that I trust. He's a sixth man in the rotation for Atlanta, uh, average 24 minutes a game. So even though he's off the bench, he still gets solid minutes. He's uh, got solid category coverage except for blocks and assists, I'd say. And then the rookie on this team that I'm looking at is Jalen Johnson. He was the 20th pick out of Duke. Uh, He's a wing player, so he plays guard and forward. He's got solid size. Uh, He had pretty impressive numbers, actually, and he was an efficient shooter. So he had good defensive numbers. So I think he can become a spot-up shooter in this offense and fit in. But I'm not too sure if he's going to get playing time right away. So... Probably later on in the year, you could pick him up uh, off the waiver wire. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, it really looks like this Atlanta team, they're very deep. They've got a lot of options. Yeah, you could look at them for fantasy. And I guess just as a whole team, they seem like they're really solid. They had a nice deep playoff run last year. So definitely look for them to, I guess, continue pushing forward uh, in the East this coming season. Um, Nate, let me get to you now, actually. Um, I guess talk to us about the Charlotte Hornets. I guess their options for fantasy. So I guess I'll go over some of the early round picks you might want to look for first. Um, I guess LaMelo Ball, Terry uh, Rozier, and Gordon Hayward. Um, LaMelo Ball starting point guard for Charlotte. I feel like um, he's going to improve even more than he did last year. He should be um, pretty good. I think he only played 51 games, but he was still um, able to get 803 points uh, 313 assists, 302 rebounds total, 81 steals in 51 games. That's really good. He has good shooting percentages. So, um, he's just an overall, he's a good player, I think. And I guess Terry Rozier, um, starting shooting guard, he's a really good scorer. Um, he played for, uh, 69 games and, um, he got, uh, really good point totals. He got, I think, 1,407, and he has pretty decent uh, rebound and assist totals as well. Um, he has a lot of steals. He has good shooting percentages. So I feel like he's probably going to be gone somewhere in the, the early, early round. And I guess for Gordon Hayward, he could be an early round pick. He may, he's, I think he's going to be picked later than Lamelo or Terry Rozier, though, mainly because of his injury history. But in terms of potential, I guess we've seen what he could do. It's just that uh, right when he was traded to Boston, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So it's just going to be a question of how healthy he's going to be. And I guess for um, late round picks, you could maybe take a look at, I guess, PJ Washington, um, Mason Plumley. Um, I believe they're going to be uh, starters, but I feel like um, their impact is not going to be as high as LaMelo, Terry, Rozier, or Gordon Hayward. You could look at um, Kelly Oubre or Miles Bridges. Kelly Oubre especially because um, he's a good shooter. Um, Miles Bridges, he's also a um, pretty solid scorer off the bench. But uh, that's mostly just for maybe like your last few picks. You might want to pick them up or somewhere in the late rounds. And I guess for a rookie that you could take a look at, um, there's Kai Jones. Um, I think he's going to be coming off the bench, possibly as a, as a rookie. Um, he's 6'11", 218 pounds. So it basically makes him uh, center power forward. He's a good shooter from three for a big. He shoots about 38%. Um, only concern is his like free throws, but he did uh, win six man of the year. So He's pretty, pretty talented for a rookie, and I guess this po the possibility of him being a backup to Mason Plumlee should more or less guarantee some kind of role on the team, and uh, that's pretty much Charlotte. Yeah, for sure. It looks like that this team is becoming pretty solid. Um, I know they were in a really rebuilding stage when they drafted LaMelo Ball, and it looks like they've got a lot of good pieces around him now. So, um, yeah, this team is a lot safer to draft now uh, from for fantasy. Um, let me get into the Miami Heat now. I'm going to do the fantasy preview for them. Uh, this team, I feel like they lost a lot of depth in the offseason. Um, a lot of guys, Miles um, Leonard, um, Trevor Ariza, 
uh, uh, Goran Dragic and a bunch of other guys uh, that were depth for this team. They all left. So I feel like there's only five really main guys you can trust for fantasy this year. Um, and I'll just list them off. I'll start with Kyle Lowry. Uh, he plays point guard. Um, he just came in a trade with Toronto this offseason. Uh, he's the starting point guard for this team. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, he can shoot the three really well. He can cover all of your percentages. Um, the only thing he really doesn't do um, is rebounds and blocks. He'll even get some rebounds, I guess, just depending on the game. But uh, for all the other categories, really solid. So definitely someone you should be looking at in the mid rounds, like fifth or sixth round in standard leagues. Uh, and then I'll move to Jimmy Butler. He plays uh, small forward and power forward. Um, he's going to really have to be instrumental for this team. Uh, he's going to have to play a lot more minutes than he usually does because of their lack of depth. So uh, if you want uh, a player with a chance to maybe increase his points per game, I think Butler was around like 20 or 21 last year, something like that. So he's a guy that could take a step forward just because of the increased role. Um, as well as being an efficient scorer, he can cover many of the other categories as well. So definitely uh, take a look at him. Um, I have Bam Adebayo here. He plays power forward and center. He's mostly playing at the center spot, though. Um, I, I know he averaged close to a double-double, but like I mentioned, with most likely having increased minutes and an increased role, he has a really good chance for a breakout. He's very young also. So uh, I feel like he can be one of those centers that can just take the next step. So um, I guess if you see, see him on, on the draft board late second round, um, that's definitely a really solid pick to take as he could prove to be, I guess, early second, uh, late first round value by the end of the season. Um, I have Duncan Robinson here. I uh, he placed a shooting guard and small forward for fantasy. Um, it's pretty much, um, he shoots threes. Uh, he's pretty much solid uh, category wise. He's, he's one of those guys that he's not going to like the seventh or eighth rounds and he's getting all the starter minutes for this team. Uh, he's just another guy that's going to just produce um, off of the other guys that he has on this team. So uh, he's definitely another guy you can look at. Um, I also have Tyler Hero here. I know he did take a step back last season, but I sort of expect that to just be a one-off season. I feel like he's still going to develop. He's still really young. So he's definitely a guy that you can rely on for, I guess, most categories outside of, you know, like rebounds, blocks, that kind of thing. Um, he might be coming off the bench just depending on what rotation they run. So I guess that's just something to keep in mind, but he should get enough minutes to be fantasy relevant. And then two guys I have listed here that, that might get in on some action, but I don't know how fantasy relevant they're going to be. I'll start with Victor Oladipo. Um, we don't know when he's coming back from injury. So I guess it's kind of a risk if you're just drafting him in a redraft league. I guess keeper leagues and dynasty leagues, you should be drafting him for sure. But I guess outside of that, um, I don't know, maybe draft him in your last round and put him on an IR spot or, or maybe just leave him on the waiver wire or something like that. But I, I think if he does come back, maybe February, March around there, uh, when you're, I guess, going for a playoff push in fantasy, he might be uh, relevant. So just keep an eye on him. Uh, he plays both shooting guard and small forward as well. And then I just put PJ Tucker there because he should be in this starting lineup, uh, just depending on his role. He's not really fantasy relevant for the most part, unless you're in a deep categories league where you can rely on him for like blocks, steals, that kind of thing. Um, his percentages, I mean, they're okay. They're, they're not amazing. Um, they'll get you by in a deep league, but um, outside of like 14 man or greater leagues, I probably wouldn't draft him. I'd probably just leave him on the waiver wire. Uh, and then in terms of rookies for this team, they actually didn't have any draft picks in the 2021 draft. So it was really hard to, I guess, go off of that. I just looked at some of their rookie free agent signings and I guess some of their summer league rookies. And I really like Marcus Garrett. Um, he plays a uh, shooting guard and small forward as well. 
Um, he just seems like that kind of player. I believe he came out of Kansas a university. Um, he's just really solid player. Um, he's one of those guys that can sort of add to the depth that this team lost, you know, uh, by losing a lot of their guards. Um, and it looks like he can play forward as well. So he seems pretty versatile. And um, yeah, if they need him uh, in terms of an injury situation or, or whatnot, I, I feel like that he's probably that rookie that's going to step in and be the guy. So I went with uh, Marcus Garrett. Um, but Mete, let me just get back to you. Um, I guess just talk to us about the Orlando Magic, what, th- what this team's going to be like for fantasy. All right. So first guy I took a look at was Markel Fultz. He's a former number one pick and he's expected back December-ish due to last season's unfortunate injury. Uh, He's looked way better in Orlando than he has in Philadelphia. And then his shooting form has also improved, I feel like. And the numbers show it as his free throw percentage skyrocketed ever since joining the Magic. I think he's got pretty good uh, category coverage, except for blocks, I'd say, but he's a point guard, you know, so. And he's... uh, Got a little, I'm kind of concerned that there's a lot of guards in Orlando this year and Fultz could have trouble finding playing time, especially when he first comes back. But I think later on this year, he should be playing 20 plus minutes for sure. And he's got great upside still. He's only 23 years old. Then the second guy for Orlando is Jalen Suggs, who's the fifth pick last uh, this year in the draft. And he's another guard for the magic rotation that I was talking about. It's a lot of really good guards they have. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the minutes will be uh, handled. I think he's going to be an instant starter, though. Uh, He'll be a number one option, potentially, I think, due to the magic's lack of star power. And then he's got solid numbers all across the board, except for turnovers in college got great upside obviously as he's a rookie Terrence Ross uh he's a certified bucket he could get hot at any moment of a game and then it's going to be the sixth man I feel like this year in Orlando but he always plays starter starters minutes so don't be scared of picking him he doesn't have the greatest versatility for fantasy wise uh for stats as he's mainly good for scoring and steals and uh, his situation, he could be a number one option as well with the Magic not having stars, like I said, and he'll probably get around like 15 shots a game. And then Chumuma Okiki, he's the current starting power forward in uh, Orlando, and he didn't have the greatest season last year, but that was his rookie year, and his numbers don't look fantasy relevant right now, but if you're in a deeper league, you definitely should look at him as he's in a pretty good situation. Like I said, there's not really a star player in Orlando and he has upside. So he's worth a gamble in later rounds. And like I said, he was in his rookie year last year. So he's heading into his second year. He's got great upside. Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, although Carter got traded to a worse team last year from the Bulls, I think it was really good for his fantasy value as his numbers got better once he got to Orlando and he's a big man who can shoot the three ball. So that's really a key thing to have for fantasy, I feel like. And then uh, he's pretty solid for all categories outside of assists and he's only 22. This team in Orlando is really young. So 
I feel like a lot of people are going to be sleeping on them. You could get these guys really late into drafts. Another guy, Cole Anthony, another young player, uh, took over the starting point guard role once Fultz went down, and he had a solid rookie year. Uh, his category coverage was really good. Uh, he could work on the turnovers, though, and his defensive numbers weren't the greatest. Also, his efficiency was kind of low. So he's got to work on a couple things. But like I said, he was in his rookie year. He's got a lot of time to fix these things. And I think he's going to be a starter until Fultz gets back. So he's definitely a guy who could go mid uh, fantasy drafts this year around like round eight, nine. And then Franz Wagner, another rookie, I think he's got a very similar game to his brother. Moritz Wagner, who's also on this team. Uh, they're both stretch bigs. He was the eighth pick this year in drafts, so, so uh, this year's draft. So, yeah, I think I'd take Franz over Mo Wagner right now. And he had really solid numbers for college as his numbers all across the world were really good. He wasn't really weak in a category. And he might not be a starter day one right now, but I think uh, later on in the season, he could win the starting four, uh, power forward position for the Magic if Okiki is not playing the greatest. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely this team's young and up and coming. Uh, like you mentioned, that was a great point. Um, there's a chance you can be getting these guys really late in drafts just because people want to avoid Orlando. But the fact is they are going to put up fantasy stats for you, so don't shy away from this team. There are some really solid players off off of them for fantasy. Uh, so Nate, let me just get to you, I guess, finish off this fantasy preview uh, with the Washington Wizards, I guess, uh, what players do they have? So I guess I'll start with um, Bradley Beal, um, starting shooting guard for the Washington Wizards. He's going in the early rounds for sure. Um, he's pretty much their best player. So he's going to get um, a lot of usage. He's gonna have um, really good stats. Uh, possibly even across the board, both offense and defense. So um, you're definitely going to want to pick him up. And I guess for like middle rounds, um, I was thinking maybe Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Kyle Kuzma. I guess Spencer Dinwiddie mainly because um, he's just coming off. Um, I believe he was um, injured. He is going to uh, be a starter, if I remember correctly. So um, he's going to have the, um, the minutes. And I guess... Uh, Kyle Kuzma, I think he's projected to be a starter as well. So um, I guess we'll see if he, he's able to kind of um, take step his game up a little bit. And I guess for late rounds, um, I have um, Rui Hachimura. I wanted to put him in like middle rounds, but there's a chance that he may, may or may not be a starter, mainly because of um, how many guys they're getting. And I put uh, Denny Avdia, um, I guess Thomas Bryant, Montrez Harrell, and Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. Um, a lot of these guys, they should have some sort of role, but what role they're going to have is going to, it's not too clear. I think Thomas Bryant should be a starting center, but again, we'll have to see. It's not really too clear right now. And I guess for waiver wire pickups, you could maybe look at um, Raul Nato and Aaron Holiday. And I guess the rookie on their team, I think they picked up uh, Corey Chris Bear. Um, he's a really good shooter, 6'7", 200 pounds. 
Um, decent rebounder for a small forward. I think he ended up averaging 0.9 steals. So basically averaged a steal, but it was over 30 minutes. So feels a little bit low. Um, I'd like to see him increase that if he can. Um, he may have a spot on the rotation because he's a first round pick, but there's a lot of forwards on the Wizards. So it's going to be hard to tell, again, what role he's going to have. Um, if he is relevant, um, his shooting and good percentages are probably going to be the biggest plus to your team. But um, like I said, he's most likely a waiver of our pickup for now. Yeah, um, this Washington team does seem to have a lot of just players there. It's going to be interesting to see which one sort of establish like solid roles. I guess uh, these are guys um, that I guess people can take late round flyers on maybe in like the 12th or 13th round of your draft, something like that. And, you know, just hope they pan out. Uh, you mentioned guys like Thomas Bryant and, and others like that. Yeah, those are guys you can definitely it's just uh, take a flyer on late in the draft. And um, there's a chance that they do carve out uh, really solid roles for this team. Um, let's just move into our, I guess, division projections now. Uh, Matty, I'll just start with you this time. Um, I guess just sort of project out the division standings and just talk to us about that. All right. So I have Miami at one. I think the addition of Kyle Lowry is going to make a huge difference for them this year. Uh, I know they were second last year. They were a game behind Atlanta. And I think the addition of Lowry takes them over Atlanta this season. So, yeah. Uh, number two, Atlanta. Uh, they had a really good year last season. They took off, especially in the playoffs. And honestly, they would have won this division if Lowry didn't join the Heat. But... Uh, he joined the Heat, so I have them at two. And then Charlotte is third for me. I think LaMelo is going to improve, and the draft additions of Knight is going to be great for this team. So, yeah, I have them over Washington right now. Washington's fourth for me. They're really close with Charlotte, but I ended up going with Washington at four because they lost Westbrook, who really actually – uh, who really carried them last season in the playoffs and or to the playoffs sorry and yeah I think the Hornets only fell one game behind them and that was a rookie LaMelo so I think he gets better and Charlotte finishes above Washington this season and then Orlando at five I'd really I'd be really surprised if they finished above fifth this year but I feel like the Magic kind of did this to themselves uh, in the trade deadline as they tr uh, traded away Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Nikola Vucevic. So they kickstart their uh, rebuild, and I feel like it's going to be a couple years before they can make the playoffs. So, yeah, Orlando are five for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely um, Orlando is a team that's rebuilding, so um, I don't think we need to expect anything more from them than that. Um, I guess, spoiler alert, I have them at number five, too. Um, but yeah, I'll just get into my list uh, first. I'll start off with number one. Uh, number one, I put the Atlanta Hawks, so it's a little bit different than you. I just feel like that once they made that coaching change, I believe like from that point on until the end of the season, they were the hottest team in the NBA. Even throughout the playoffs, they were one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, I feel like this team just keeps getting better. They're such a deep team. I just, I guess the coaching might've been the problem because uh, the players just weren't gelling and then they finally all came together and they just made something happen. So um, I mentioned how I thought Miami had lost a lot of depth over the off season. I know they did get Kyle Lowry who's going to make a big difference for them, but I guess in terms of a full season, when you account injuries, having depth is really important. 
So I feel like the Hawks could sort of survive an injury scare a little bit better than Miami. So I'll take the Hawks at number one. I'll put Miami Heat at number two. Um, I feel like they have the best, I guess, starting five. Um, I, I know Atlanta could probably challenge that, but I, I think in this division, they have the best starting five. Um, they're When those guys are on the court, they're going to dominate. Um, I talked about Butler, Adebayo. I talked about Kyle Lowry and all the others. So they're definitely going to be really solid. On uh, number three, I have Charlotte. Mete, I agree with you. Um, this team's young and improving. Uh, they have decent depth also. So um, I feel like that um, there is a chance that this team could sniff playoffs, uh, just depending on how well they play. I know LaMelo was out for a good portion of last year. I guess if he can stay healthy, they'll definitely go a long way for this team. Um, I also have Washington at four. Uh, they have some decent pieces that they added, but like you said, they lost Westbrook. So it's really tough to see this team, I guess, moving forward until they can uh, sort of, I guess, get their team together. Also, they weren't really healthy the last couple of years. So that's another issue with this team. They need to stay healthy over a full season. Um, a lot of their players are coming off of major injuries like Dinwiddie, Bryant, and, and others. So definitely um, that's something to look out for for this team. And then, like I mentioned, I have Orlando at fifth. Um, they're in a rebuild, like you mentioned, and that's pretty much all there is to it. So, uh, Nate, let me get to you for your projected standings. So uh, my projected standings are Miami at one, Hawks at two, Charlotte at three, Wizards at four, and Magic at five. Um, I guess for um, Miami versus Hawks, it basically comes down to, um, I guess, how you feel about um, their depth and their coaching staff. Um, both teams have really good coaches. Um and they both have a lot of depth, but I feel, I feel like um, Kyle Lowry does kind of um, push Miami over the top. I think even if there are some injuries, they still have a little, well, more than a little bit of depth. They still have Tyler Hero. They have Oladipo off the bench. They do have um, Marquise Morris. So I think they should be able to last um, an entire season and they should be able to take first. Um, Hawks aren't too far behind. Um, really good coaching staff. Really good starting five. Um, they they're a really good uh, team that shoots a lot, and um, they make I guess volume threes work for them. So, a uh, really strong team. They were in the playoffs. So yeah. And Charlotte at number three. I feel like they're the the furthest along in terms of their rebuild they could make a playoff appearance maybe next year if not this year but we'll have to see and um wizards at fourth um i feel like um it's there's too too many like questions about how their team is structured right now not really too sure about how well they would do and uh magic at five mainly because they're still rebuilding so yeah yeah, for sure. I, I feel like that with the last two teams, we just kind of know like where they're at. They're both sort of trying to figure out how their team's going to look. I feel like the top three teams are sort of the ones that are going to be pushing for the playoffs this year. Um, I guess getting to you, Mete, um, in terms of the Miami Heat, I do think that they'll po possibly look to add some depth. I guess just looking at their roster, they don't seem to have a lot. Yeah, uh, definitely by trade deadline. They, that's something they might take a look at if they're not doing too well and their general manager feels like they need depth. But I feel like it depends on the situation. If they're doing well, they probably make like one or two moves. But if they weren't doing well, they probably would go for like a trade deadline acquisition. So 
Yeah. Yeah, because I remember even last year they had this like big COVID issue and then they just really weren't playing well at the beginning of the season because a lot of their players were ruled out and they just didn't have the depth to sort of cover that. Um, I, I guess with Kyle Lowry coming in, it makes them a lot stronger, I guess, like in terms of their top heavy players, they, they have a lot more stars on their team. It's just sort of about backing uh, that up uh, when it comes to a full season. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this team potentially adding some depth? It's possible. Um, I guess just looking at the list of players, it looks like um, the I guess the positions that need the most depth would be maybe like point guard could be small forward or center. So they have a lot of um, depth at shooting guard and power forwards. So they might do a little bit of small ball. They could maybe trade a couple of power forwards for a center or they could trade a couple of shooting guards for a point guard. Or, or small forward, something of that nature. Yeah, it's definitely, I guess, something to look out for for this team. Um, I guess just looking over the entire division, Mete, I'll get to you first. I guess just any last thoughts, whether it comes to fantasy, whether it comes to standings, or whether it's just about any of the teams. Standings, I'm pretty set on five for Orlando. And then I feel like Charlotte and Washington could end up third or fourth. And then I feel like Atlanta or Miami, they could end up first or second. So this division kind of looks like it could be competitive this year, actually. Yeah, I know people were saying that this is one of the weaker divisions in the NBA, I guess, before last season. Then we saw the breakout of the Hawks. We saw Charlotte sort of take some steps forward. And it really looks like this division is becoming competitive. And I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess just getting to you, Nate, any last thoughts on this division? Yeah, I feel like the strength of this division has gone up uh, quite a bit, even with Westbrook um, leaving the Wizards. They still do have um, some players. It's just kind of like a question of how they put the players together and how do they structure the team. And um, I guess even for like teams like Charlotte, Charlotte's like a potential playoff a playoff team maybe in like the next couple of years just I guess depending on how fast their um, rebuild go- goes like they already have um, they already have like the structure of their team down they have some pretty good players so there's only like maybe a couple of extra moves that they need before they can maybe make the playoffs and Atlanta and Miami they're both teams that have had um, deep uh, playoff runs in the last two years so yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, these teams, I know uh, we were talking uh, over the playoffs on uh, some of the episodes, like we didn't even expect Atlanta to win half those series. I know Mete, you were really riding that team, but like the rest of us, we were just kind of writing them off. I think Michael came on, he's like, Trey Young's a bomb. This team's going nowhere. And like, we literally wrote them off. We said, oh, Knicks are going to take this. And, you know, like Atlanta just surprised them. They surprised Philly. And they just made a huge run. I mean, yeah, um, I think it was the same with Miami the year before. Like, not a lot of people expected them to really make that playoff push, and they did. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you guys. This is a really competitive division now. Um, I guess if Charlotte can just take that next step, which it is possible, you know, LaMelo going into a second year. I guess the chemistry with guys like Gordon Hayward, you got Rozier there, you got other guys, other young pieces there, especially if those guys can sort of take the next step. Yeah, it's definitely going to be really competitive. I definitely agree with you guys. And uh, it's definitely going to be fun to watch for sure. 
And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the end of this preview for the Southeast division in the NBA. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Uh, check the podcast out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And guys, uh, next week, we're going to move to the Western Conference. There's a lot of good teams there. Uh, we'll do another division preview then, and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.